Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. We are Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. ACT, that's what leaders do. They have to take action. It also stands for and cultural transformation. That's what we do. Leadership, cultural transformation so that it's that symbiotic relationship that gets the the most out of your business, out of your organization, and out of your culture. Today, we are excited to have with us Jim Dulliber, and uh, he's got a great background, exciting background, working with a lot of different businesses, coaching, mentoring, a lot of business leaders. So we're going to be talking about some particular area of leadership today, and this is the the idea of leadership management, I guess you could say as well of micromanaging. So I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. Rich, say hi. Hello. All right, let's get going here. So Rich, why don't you open up the door for us here in terms of micromanagement? Well, you know, micromanagement, It's I'm, I'm going to go with the, the term that I, we hear a lot is the helicopter boss, the helicopter managers. And, you know, this term really came about, you know, the helicopter parent back, you know, we started hearing about this in the 80s and 90s, but the helicopter manager, you know, these are the guys that simply can't let go. They're the ones that, that feel that nobody can make a decision without them or the decisions they make aren't up to their standards. So they'll change their, their, their minds or whatever it's going to be. They're often enablers. They can't let go of, of, you know, any issues that are there. They can't trust anybody. And so they become the guys that are hovering around, kind of, you know, hovering around like that pesky fly, if you will, that they're just going to be looking for a way to change or, or to control the situation or control the team or anything they can do to, to stay in charge and not let go of the process and allow people to do their jobs. You know, don't you find, I know this is a leading question, Jim, but, but working with micromanager type people, what I found is that they are kind of the killjoy of inspiration and motivation. There's just something about them hovering and judging and watching and criticizing and finding all the mistakes that just is like, it just deflates the, the balloon of passion and excitement. What's your take on that? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Thanks, Michael. And thanks, Rich, for inviting me in. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, no, you're right, Michael. It is. It's 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 overwhelming. It's um, 
it's uh, almost as though it's a a a, a you know there's these heavy blankets now everybody's into these 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 blankets that are supposed to comfort you. Well, it's almost exactly opposite of that. It's 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 smothering. Um, uh, you know, I work for one. Uh, I've worked for many, and um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, when when you want to, you, you think you've got the experience, the education, and you've hired into an organization where you think you've been empowered. And that you, you you know that you've got the the abilities to make decisions, be creative, make decisions, and and um, and to really direct your people the way you know you want to direct your people. But when you're constantly getting that you know that four a.m. email or that text at seven a.m. from a superior, it, it just doesn't allow you to be empowered, and it's smothering, and uh, it takes it takes away your your energy level, it takes away your passion to lead your own team towards what you consider, um, you know, the finish line for the week, the month or the year. Jim. So, so thank you. That's, that's great insight. So they, so the folks out there watching us today, let's uh, let's do this so that they know that we didn't just drag you off the street because we couldn't find somebody else to join oh, us. No. <laughs> Don't you give a little bit of your, your background and your expertise in business. It's far from that, Michael. <laughs> I know. They don't know. Let's let them know. Yeah, they don't know, but uh, trust me, that's the case. Uh, yeah, I've got a background. Um, I've got uh, 30 plus years of uh, of experience in corporate America. I had um, a little bit of uh, sales and sales management experience in the steel industry. I went off and did some real estate. I, I came to California back in the 80s, saw real estate as a great opportunity and uh, ended up leasing and selling uh, commercial real estate uh, office. Uh, had a great, great career there, but I had a young family. I was young and the compensation was kind of up and down. Um, so I decided to get back into the corporate wor world where I thought, you know, compensation would be a little more consistent. Um, and I, I came into a very large franchise company where I worked myself up into a, uh, vice president role of a large, uh, division where, um, I had teams of operations, sales, uh, marketing, training, real estate, construction, to help support a large group of franchisees in territory where we are expanding. So um, that's a little bit about what I've done, had a successful career. And about three years ago, I decided to package that all up and step out and do something um, brave. I went into uh, owning my own business and uh, I looked at more W2 and 1099 um, positions, but ultimately I knew that I wanted to own my own business. So I looked at a lot of different businesses from retail to consulting to coaching, and then eventually came up with uh, a, a coaching position. And now I am a, a career transition coach and I work with primarily executives that are looking to pivot in life and do something different. And uh, I work with them and help them kind of discover their goals, maybe rediscover their goals around lifestyle, income, wealth, and equity. And, uh, and then I show them, eventually show them businesses that might be able to check the boxes of those goals. So that's what I do. I love what I do. Really love to just try to help people find a better fit in life. And I've got a big backstory to that, Michael, but I'd re for now, we, we won't go into the backstory of why I chose to 
Um, actually, I've got a personal mission statement. My personal mission statement is about helping people find a better fit. So now I'm doing something where I can do that. Well, that's great. That's I love that. This is like uh, the 30 second elevator speech going from the bottom to the top of the uh, stadium, uh, the Eiffel Tower, I should say. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> actually, that's really good stuff because I think that brings a lot of credibility to our discussion here today. Yes. So let's take a look at it this way. A couple of approaches here. If you are a person that tends to be that micromanager, why is that not a good thing for you? Let's start off with that. Why is that not a good thing for you, though you think it is a good thing for you, but it really isn't? It's not a good thing for your people. And where would you begin and why would you begin to change that up? Why would you change that up? For your sake, let's say that. Michael, you're, you're, you're putting me in the position of I am a micromanager. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, why would you want to change that? Maybe you've got a lot of power here, you know, kind of hovering over people. Why would you want to change that for your sake? If if I was a micromanager, if I was ever a micromanager, I'd feel as though it was on all the time. I felt I would feel like I'd never catch up because if I've got a team of five, 10, 20 people, I'd feel like I could never get to them often enough. And I just feel like I've run out of time. Um, I've got all these roles and responsibilities, but I also have a team. And if I'm always, always contacting them, wanting to be with them personally, want to be with them uh, via phone or writing emails to them, expecting responses all the time or text, however I'm communicating. And um, it, it, it would feel like I'm on 24-7. So if you happen to be a very obsessive, compulsive person, that might be fulfilling for you. But in the long run, it's going to really wear you out. How about this idea of why would you want to develop yourself as a better leader? I mean, that's what we do here, right? We do leader development. That's what we're all about. Why would you want to become better at being a leader? What would be the benefits? You mentioned some great things. You're not hovering. You're not having to fill this connection to watch. So that's the not stuff. What would you get out of it that would make it? This is like it's kind of like, where's the vision of where I'm going? Why would I give this up? Right. There's a lot of stress and problems here. But why would why would I give that up? Rich, what what ideas do you have? Why would I give that up? You know, Jim hit on a very, very important point. Um, You know, one of the main signs of being a micromanager is you're burned out. Your personal life suffers. Uh, Your home life suffers. Everything that you do becomes, uh, you know, concerned that you haven't done something else. And and they're doing something you they shouldn't be doing, and you're not there to watch after them. And literally, it becomes a 24/7 you know deal. It's a it's a ball and chain. And really, it's one of those things that you really need to back up and get rid of some of that stress, and realize that there's more to life than simply you know being the micromanager, the the, the helicopter manager. So is it pain? Absolutely, it becomes motivation pain. As opposed yeah. to, I've got a better world to go to. I mean, help me understand that. Because really and truly, again, there's a lot of juice in it, a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. But is it the pain that motivates you to become a better leader? I think that was is one of the motivations. But other things that are going on around you would be your turnover rate is incredibly high. You know, so you've got these new people coming in all the time and then you're you're constantly wound up thinking, I've got to get them trained. I've got to hover over them. I've got to make sure they're doing it the way I want them to do it. 
the morale is super low in your organization. Uh, your productivity is suffering because they people don't feel they can be a part of the process or their their input isn't valued. Uh, you know, in a lot of your day, listen, if, if most of your day is spent away from your desk or from where you should be and you're hovering over someone's workstation constantly or someone's desk constantly or walking around, you know, making sure that people are doing it the way you want it done, you know, that's all signs of serious burnout, you know, stress. Every, and not only for yourself, for everybody in your organization, you know, anybody that you work with. You know, this... Rich, if you don't mind me jumping in, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking about just kind of piggybacking on everything you're saying here is the other the other component is a great leader, not manager, but a great leader needs time to focus on the future. They may not be a, the visionary. Guys, there's very few visionaries in this world. Let's be honest. There are. But there are great leaders that don't tend to be great visionaries, but great leaders. But they need the time. You don't have the time when you're micromanaging. You will never find the time to really, truly helicopter way up and, 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 and get up into the stratosphere and be able to really spend that time that's necessary to move the ball forward because you're never going to be able to move the ball forward if you're micromanaging. You, the, the burnout of your people <coughs> over all that just becomes this constant just wheel that goes round and round and round, but it's not going anywhere. It's on a treadmill. Right. So we're on a treadmill. We're not going yeah. anywhere. Some people love treadmills, but we just don't get anywhere. So, so you, you've been with people, I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands of time, times, Jim, where you have walked the floor with them in their business, yep. right? Seeing how they're relating to their people, how they're managing them, how they're motivating them, all that kind of stuff. Draw a picture for us of the manager who is that micromanager who's walking the floor and the one who is the leader who is more inspiring, building empowerment, you know, believing in his people so that they go out there and they step into those shoes. Just kind of walk us between those two scenarios. Yeah. Well, the micromanager is one that will stop at every single thing that they see that just isn't going right and focus in on everything that's not going right, whatever they see it, be it in process, be it in, uh, well, most, most of the time, if you're walking a floor, literal floor, it's going to be probably something in process that's just broken. Um, but, but, but also can see communications and stop and, and communicate for that individual to another individual uh, versus the non-micromanager going out and truly being that 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 individual that that is complementing each and one, each one of those individuals while they're they're walking the floor, if it's literally walking the floor and complimenting them on something that went really well yesterday or last week, yeah. and spending the time focusing in on that individual and how well they did that that particular thing, and not not constantly focusing in on, yes, of course, <laughs> process is always going to need improvement, but focusing on, on that positive. And then maybe, you know, asking, asking, not telling, but asking, what do you need from me? What do you need from me to get better at your job? To That's excellent. I love that. That's excellent way of saying it. 
Rich, we're going to wrap this up in here in the next few minutes. So we're kind of down, down to our last uh, three or four minutes. I'd like you to talk about in terms of the core, we are people who are big in developing leaders in terms of their core, first growing them in terms of who they are. And what Jim just did, he described the difference between somebody who was very anxious and controlling coming out of their sense of, you know, their core and the other one that is very open, who is more relaxed, who's engaging authentically with other people. When we take a look at this, what is it that we as as these leaders and developers of leaders, what is it that we do helping that that individual make those necessary changes in their core to become the best leader that they can become? You know, we have, you know, some assessments and, and I know Jim's very familiar with some of these assessments and, and, and things that really dives in to who these people are. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to learn about, you know, or to, to really open up and discover some of the reasons why I'm not succeeding at some of these other areas is because I have not taken time to really look at my, my inner core. What is driving these, these, my communication skills, my team leadership skills. And it really takes some time to look into who you are as, as, and what type of leadership, uh, talents and skills that you have or where your gaps lie. Um, you know, one thing I, I need to point out uh, right now is, is you have to learn to fail. Your employees have to learn to fail. You have to let them fail. And in order to do that, you, you, you know, going back into this inner core is, is looking and understanding that as, as leaders, we we have all failed at one point or another and understanding how important that was in our personal growth. You know, Jim, we talked about this, you know, what back, back when one of the things you said, learn how to fail and fail big, fail right up front, get it out of the way, you know, fail, fail fast, fail fast, fail fast. And you know what, that's what some of these, these true leaders allow their teams to do. They allow their, their people to do, they allow them to fail because they learn from that. You know, it's when that failure continues is you fail to teach them, you fail to really help correct that, you know, those issues that are going on. But that inner inner core and finding out where our maturity levels lie within each of those, those areas. And do we have any derailing potential uh, traits such as, you know, these, you know, are, are you burned out all the time and why are you hovering over people all the time? And why are you demanding and driving them into an area that, that, you know, you want them to go, but isn't, isn't a valuable for anybody else. You know, those are, those are derailing potentials, yeah. derailing areas uh, and, and traits that you need to learn to overcome. And we do that. We help you find those areas, those gaps, what you're strong at and what your, your those gaps you need to help you overcome this. You know, how, how many people that we've heard of that burn out and, you know, just health issues or whatever from, from work, you know, stress is a huge issue right now, you know, for work. And how do you overcome that? Well, you learn to let go. Exactly. So folks, if you're looking, if you're a leader, or you're aspiring to a leadership position, if you want to be, become the best leader you can, we've got the tools, we've got the experience, we've got the craft, we have the know-how to get you to where you want to go. It just starts with a simple conversation. 
and we start moving you in a direction to see if it's a good fit for you, good fit for us. If it's not, I'll tell you very honestly, we're not going to set up a lose-lose situation. But if it is, we will encourage you to think, make that next step because we really can help you. Jim, I'm going to ask you as we finish up, up here, if you would, please, if you had a chance to spend 30 seconds or 60 seconds with that person who was that micromanager and you just wanted to drop something into his or her ear saying, if you just get this little pearl, everything in your life as 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 a business person, manager, leader is going to change. What would be that pearl? I think it would be, uh, you know, are you open to evolve? Are you open to explore new ways to manage? And if you are, and, and you know, most of us uh, should be on a lifelong learning um, expedition. Um, if you're willing to learn, there are people and there are resources to help you become that amazing leader that you've, you know, you want to be. And, uh, you know, keeping your mind open because, you know, as we go through life, many people get blinders on and it's not intentional. It just happens. And we get wrapped up in our careers and we tend to not take the blinders and get, get, get the, the, you know, the, the aperture way out to see what's going on and also to reflect upon how you're leading and how you're managing. So if you're willing to explore and learn, then boy, the world is wide open to you, no matter how old you are and how much experience you have. I think that's some of the best. Less than 60 seconds, Michael. <laughs> I, I, I some of the best advice I've ever heard. That's great, Jim. Thank you so much. All right, Rich, you take us home. Yes. And thank you, Jim, very much for, for joining us today. And once again, we're at the end of another episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. If you want to reach out to us, leave us a comment, talk to us, um, set up some time, executiveleadersactilec.com. And go there and look us up, schedule some time with us, and we hope to hear from you soon. So once again, thanks for all the support. And we uh, again, Michael, who we who we calling out today? You know, there's some people not too far away from where we live out there in West Valley. And for those of you who are watching us out there in West Valley, thanks so much. We appreciate you. You're great people. And uh, you let us know if there's anything we can do because we're here for you. Thanks all the Jim, thank you. Thank Glad you to- very much. It was a pleasure. Okay. Take that. care, everybody. We'll see you again. Be safe. Bye-bye. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.